Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Chapter 4, Acts chapter 4, and let's just begin by stating our purpose. Number one, to become better acquainted with the Holy Ghost. To become better acquainted with the Holy Ghost. I, you know, I met him a few years back and I need to get better acquainted with him. If you come on with us, you'll get to meet him too. But don't be surprised if you speak in a funny language after you meet him. <laughs> Number two, to learn more about the power of God. <laughs> to learn more about the power of God. Our purpose. Number three, to understand how to more accurately, to understand how to more accurately interpret and cooperate with the flow of the Spirit. To understand how to more accurately interpret and cooperate with the flow of the Spirit. And then of course number four, to create an atmosphere, to create an atmosphere for the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in our midst. To create an atmosphere for the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in our midst. What is our goal? Acts chapter 4. That's our purpose. Our goal. You will recall how Peter and John went to their own company, reported all the chief priests and others said unto him. They came back together in one accord. They lifted up their voices to God with one accord and said, You made heaven and earth, seeing all their enemies is, who by the mouth of thy servant David said, Why did the heathen rage went on through all that? People imagine vain things. Kings are set up together against the Lord, against His Christ, against the Holy Child Jesus. But in verse 29, they said, And now, Lord, and now, Lord, and now, Lord, our goal. Behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we may speak thy word, by stretching forth thy hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be wrought by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. For they were assembled together, and they were all filled. Not just one of them. They were all filled. With the Holy Ghost and spake the word of God with boldness. You know, that's one way to channel the power. Did you notice that? See, sometimes we get filled with the Holy Ghost and just thank God for speaking with other tongues and singing and praising and worshiping. Did you know that? Just, just a little quick thought here. You know, that's one manifestation right there. One way to channel the power. Just so full of, full of the power, full of the glory, full of the light, full of the Spirit of God. Boom. Speak the word with boldness. Now, notice what they did. Notice, speak the word. They spoke the word of God with boldness. And here's our goal. The multitude of them that believed were of one heart. We want to be of one heart, one spirit, and of one soul. And I believe that what he's saying is, they all recognized that anything that had to be accomplished or done had to be done by the anointing. And by the power and the glory of God. That it was not human strength or ability that they needed to win the world for Jesus. But they needed a manifestation of the power and the glory of God. It's not by the power of might or human strength, they said. It's by the power of the Spirit, the anointing, the glory of our God. And well, but I want you to know that there are three phases to the believer's eternal life experience. In Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul said, number one, you're justified. Number two, you are sanctified. 
Remember he said, those he justified, he also sanctified. And number three, he also glorified. Number one, justified. Two, sanctified. Three, glorified. Beloved, we need this. This is, this is what we need right here. Our goal. We want, we are justified, but we want also sanctified. Justified is taking you out of sin. Sanctified is taking sin out of you. Three, glorified is replacing all of it with the glory and the power of God. One heart, one soul, one mind, one purpose. Stating the same purpose. They just wanted to create a habitation for God. One heart, one mind. Look at the next part. Neither said they, any, said any of them, that all of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. We want to rid ourselves of all selfishness and greed. Rid ourselves of all selfishness and greed. We're not here for personal gain. We are here for one. Here's our goal. We want God magnified in the midst of us. We want God glorified in the midst of us. And we want to create such a, a power of God in our midst that we are truly sanctified by the holiness of our God and we are truly glorified by that transforming, anointing power in that glory that's manifested in our midst. So we see here, they had a common goal. And notice verse 33, another part of that goal, and with great power gave the apostles, what's the word there? Witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just with power. That word power there is dunamis. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. In other words, they were full of that anointing. Filled with the glory and the power of God. That same glory and anointing and power caused them to, to be of one mind, of one heart, of one accord. It caused them all to be free from selfishness. No greed. No personal gain intended in their midst. When someone tried chapter 5, someone tried to have that wrong spirit, that wrong attitude, you know how they died? My goodness, that anointing was manifested in judgment. Did you, did you see that there? It was manifested in what? In judgment. Conviction then came upon all the church by the manifestation of the power of God. See, there are different manifestations of that power. The outflowing of the grace or the power of God, the operational power of God in judgment. That power did what? It caused hearts to become knit together as one. That power did what? Channeled properly, caused hearts to be free from selfishness and greed. That power did what? When someone came in with selfishness and with greed, what did it do? They were judged. They were judged by the Lord. And there was great power upon these people. It brought fear among the multitudes that came near them. They had respect of the people. So you see, there are different ways to channel that power and we're going to see that here. They gave witness of the resurrection of the, of Jesus, the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. That's what our goal is, isn't it? Great power, great grace, operational power of God. No selfishness, no greed, but standing in awe of the presence of the Lord and everyone filled with the Spirit of God. When everyone is filled, everyone will then overflow. The manifestations of the Spirit will flow. The healing anointing will be greater. All the anointings that are manifested will be in, in ministry gifts will be greater. And the last, uh, the last way, the manifestation of that goal is, is found in, in Acts 2 and verse 47. They can continue daily together, joining themselves together with one accord, one heart, one mind, one purpose. And verse 47 says they are praising God. You know, that's another way that the, that the anointing is, is released and channeled through praise of God. And we'll see something else about that. It's also a way to enhance the anointing of God. But in verse 47, I want you to see something here. Praising God. They had singleness, gladness in their hearts, singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. Having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. See, if we want the Lord added, adding daily to the church, that means people are being born again, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Here's our goal, to have such a, a spirit created within this place of the divine purpose of God that His power is so turned up in our lives, that anointing, 
Though we are truly giving witness of the resurrection of Jesus with great power, with great grace upon us, and because of it, we all have a singleness of purpose in heart and mind, free from selfishness and greed. And that power begins to flow from this place out toward the other people. And the Lord adds daily to the church since to be saved. Lives being transformed, full of praise and joy. We've already stated our prayer. Our purpose. Our goal. Our prayer. Is that the eyes of our understanding truly are enlightened. I want you to see this here in Ephesians. It's taken from Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19. I want you to see this. It's so important. I know we've said it a thousand times. We're going to say it a thousand more times. But I believe that tonight is going to have even a greater impact upon our spirits. As a matter of fact, if you, I don't have time to get into it. But if you'll do yourself a study to find out how many times the Apostle Paul talked about power, the word power, P-O-W-E-R, in the Greek, dunamis or dunamis, whatever way you want to say it, D-U-N-A-M-I-S, which is the operational power of God, the glory of God, the miracle working power of God, His ability, God's supernatural ability, power. You'd be amazed how many times the Apostle Paul talked about power, 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 power. The Christians have to understand the power of God. The tangible power, anointing of God. We have to understand it. To learn how to control it, to use it, to properly channel it in, in, in our lives, through our lives. In Ephesians 1.19, here's an example of it. He prayed a certain prayer for the church at Ephesus. And Well, let's start with verse 17. He prayed that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto the people the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened to know the hope of His calling, the riches of the glory of His inheritance of the saints. And verse 19 says, And to know, to have exact knowledge, precise, exact knowledge, and to know what is the exceeding greatness of His, what? Inexperienced reality is what he's talking about. A people who have exact knowledge, precise knowledge, accurate knowledge of the exceeding greatness of his... Now, this word is not authority. See, there's two words translated power in the Greek there. Exousia and, and dunamis. The one means authority. This word is not meaning authority. It's Power. Power. The operational power, the ability, the miracle-working power, the power that, 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 that wrought signs and wonders, that changes lives and transforms lives and puts body parts back together, causing them who are even maimed to be whole. That power, that creative ability and force and the power of God. He says, I want your eyes to be enlightened, to understand it, to know it. This is our prayer. This is what our prayer is tonight. We are not satisfied with programming. I am not satisfied with programs. Beloved, there are people out there whose marriages are being tor torn apart. Whose lives are being destroyed. Whose minds are being devastated by the work of the devil. Young people with their bodies being destroyed by the work of the enemy. Sickness and disease. Destroying the lives of young people. Bringing devastation to homes and families and mothers and fathers. He's saying, I want you to understand the operation of this power. He's crying out to God for them. They need to understand it. We need to know this, beloved, because programming doesn't do it. I'll be honest with you. Psychology, even Christian psychology, is not going to bring lives back together again. It's going to take the power of the Almighty God. It's going to take a people who are dedicated to the spiritual, not the intellectual mental realm. And I believe that Paul had insight into that realm and just, just longed to get it out. Remember he said to the Thess Church of Thessalonica, if I could, I'd just pour out my soul unto you. In other words, I'd take out everything that I have and give it over unto you. What was his prayer also for himself in Philippians? He said, I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know the power of his resurrection. Remember the scripture in Romans 11 says, If the same spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, then he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by a spirit that dwells in you. Remember that? Beloved, this is what he's talking about. He wants us to understand the power of his spirit that took a body that was lifeless, that was dead, caused it to be changed in the twinkling of an eye in a moment to become glorified, that was beaten, bruised, pierced, everything else. But the Spirit of God 
by the power of God, the Holy Ghost and glory, power, got that body and just like that. Brand new. You know what he's saying? If it could do that to Jesus, then the same spirit that dwells in you can animate your mortal body. Make it healthy. Full of strength. Full of life. Full of vigor. Vitality. And he's saying, I want you to understand that. I want you to understand that power that's at work within you. And I'll show you that in the same... Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Look at chapter 3. Verse 20. This is a scripture we love to quote, but beloved, it's not just to be quoted, it's to be an experienced reality. Now unto him that is able to do for us, to do exceeding abundantly, above we all ask or think, according to the what? That worketh where? This is our prayer. Would you say with me, Heavenly Father, I desire to truly know with exact knowledge the exceeding greatness of this power that belongs to me as a believer. The power you wrought in Christ when you raised Him from the dead. I desire to know it, to understand it, to cooperate with it, to walk in the light of it, that you may be glorified in my life. And that through my life, you can bless others. You could do the works of Jesus through me. This is why. See, this is what we... The, the church is supposed to be a spiritual organization, beloved. But more and more we just see the church being a being just an organization of programs. And not really getting the understanding that they should have. And I just believe, beloved, that if, if, if no one on the planet wants to do it, God would have us to do it. To truly understand this power. It's dynamic and it's working. It makes much power available, dynamic and it's working. Prayer does. Amen. And I believe this is it right here. As a matter of fact, I'm, we're not done praying. It's the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man that makes dynamic power, dynamic power, dynamic power available. So just not where you sit. Scoot your pads and your, and your Bible over to the side just for a moment. Now say with me, Father, I prayed in English. I prayed in my known language. Now I supplement that prayer. In the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. So the Monday. Sita, Santa, La Fasuta, Banda, Kiri, Vicky, Sita, Masa, Bolo, Vangelis, Tanda. Sita, Skanda, Nopo, Fasuta, Lama, Sidi, Visa, Banda, Vangelis. Mata, the Fukuchina, Mesa, Banda, Fanda, Skinda. Sista, Banda, Malista. Sita, Dobra, Visca, Sina, Batanda, Tovra, Kisa, Banda, Vasala, Jingla, Doste. Sita, Dangra, Dosa, Bail, the Jingla, the Soma, and Pansa, Kiri, Visca, Sista, Kanda, the Stonda. Mainda, La Dosa, Beat, Fakista, Sun, Malandela, Kosa, Sita, Vakala, Sala, Vajula, Mastede. Gresta, Brada, La Volts, Bisk, Mena, Dasto. Lenda, Breven, Yan. The gong, the jingle, the desk, the traffic, the dose, the beady fish, the saha, yes, the canada, the stan, onga, nando, senda, tresasella, potavates, the mini visan, dovesini, kesisan, randa supalama, mendanosa, 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 lenda bana, lenda bana, lenda bana, vronga desa, seda bana, fever geese, supalahan. Nesta, nesta, nesta longin, nesta longin, sedo su turbishende, le stande, greste sumen, hallelujah. Now say with me, I receive, I receive without anointing, I receive wisdom. You do enlarge my capacity to understand all things that pertain to life and godliness that's been given unto us through your divine power. In Jesus' name, amen. Now why? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Why? Why? Why is it that we have to learn about this power? I'm just satisfied being a Christian. I mean, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost and I channeled it one time in speaking with other tongues. And isn't that enough for me? Well, since you've asked the question, no, it's not. It's not enough. It just simply isn't enough. That's just the doorway. That's just the beginning. It's the doorway into the supernatural. God intended for us to have more than just speaking with other tongues. 
more of the manifestation of His glory and power, of, his, of the Holy Ghost. And I want you to see this here. Chapter 2, 1 Corinthians, chapter 2, verse 3. Or verse 4, rather. In my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of what? Once again, 1411 in Strong's Concordance. D-U-N-A-M-I-S. Well, I'll tell you what, that's just, see, that's just so easy for you guys to get a hold of this. Don't even have to go get your Strong's and Gordon's out. 1411, just look it up. Dunamis, dunamis, miracle working power. Paul came demonstrating the spirit and power. He had a good teacher, Jesus. But I want you to know why he demonstrated it. Look at verse 5. That your faith would stand not in the wisdom of men, but in what? In the what? In the what? That your faith would stand in the power of God. Do you realize that your faith can't stand in the power of God if you don't see the power of God at work? Did you realize that? Once again, that's the same word, 1411, Strong's Concordance, D-U-N-A-M-I-S. Faith in the miracle working power of God. We are really at a point right now, beloved, that many in Christian circles do not have faith in the power of God, but they have more faith in the wisdom of man. Why? Because the church hasn't done her part. Because the fivefold ministry hasn't done their part. Settle back into just religious programs and that sort of thing and get someone filled with the Holy Ghost here and there. Beloved, the power of God, you know, provides more than just being, speaking with other tongues. And I'll be honest with you, it provides more than just being healed now and then. I mean, we've only touched the surface of the power of God. It's the power that raised up Jesus from the dead. Greatest of, of the almighty working power of God. And he says that your faith should stand in that. And the only way you can have faith in that, faith cometh by hearing the word, seeing it in manifestation, Seeing what God does by His great mighty power. But here's why. Here's why we've got to do this. Because the church is in a dangerous position. Because there are many denying the power thereof in Christian circles today. Look at Second Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy chapter 3. Why do you think he had to get people out of mill cranes and Secular positions and just throw them, thrust them right into the ministry. It wasn't because of their education, because they had faith in the power of God. That's why, beloved. I want you to see this. Paul said in verse 1 This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. I want you to notice something here that marks the last days. People want to have a, they want signs of the last days. Here's a sign of the latter days, the last days. Verse 5. People will have a form of God, but denying or contradicting the power thereof from such turn away. People, even believers, born again people, Beloved, it's not just enough. It's enough to get you into heaven to be born again to get you into heaven. That's enough. Did you know that? But it's not enough to get you by in this life. I'm going to say that again. Being born again is enough to get you into heaven. But it's not enough to get you by in this life. Jesus told his disciples, wait until you're endued with power from on high before you go out into that world. And here we see a, a church of today that denies the power. Born again church that even denies the power thereof. And it's the same word. 1411 in the Greek. It's denying the power. Contradicting the power. How? Well, my goodness, tongues is not for, a tongue's not for today. That's denying the power of the Holy Ghost. Did you, that's contradicting the power of the Holy Ghost. Well, that's a good number one to write down of how to quench 
or how to decrease the anointing. Contradict it. Deny it. Through your words, what you believe and what you say will absolutely cause the, the anointing to diminish, the power of God to diminish. As a matter of fact, you'll begin to see that what you say will either cause the anointing to decrease or cause the anointing to increase. They were filled with the Spirit and they gave witness. In other words, they testified to the resurrection. And because of it, the anointing was increased. Here, we see people can deny or contradict the power. And when you contradict the power, there's no anointing. The power of God is not manifested. Okay? I want you, I want you to see another scripture here. Why? Look at, look at another reason why. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 22, verse 29. As a matter of fact, I believe I could be bold enough to say this, that in, Christians, in, in circles today, charismatic circles, people have been born again. They came out of denominational churches. They were born again in the charismatic movement of the day. But they turned around and went right back into their church. Either through influence of their grandparents, their parents, or someone else, or whatever. They go back into their church. Consequently, they're, they're not taught the things of the Word of God. They're not taught the things of the Spirit of God. They go right back to a place where they deny the power thereof. I said they go right back to a place where they deny the power thereof. And in 2 Timothy, the Holy Ghost said to the Apostle Paul, from such turn away. Did you hear that? From such do what? Those who deny the power thereof. From such turn away. Why? Because there's a danger, beloved. God can only use vessels like you and me. And there's a danger. If we don't understand the power thereof, and we all shun away from the power thereof for whatever reason, who's He going to raise up to keep the power of God flowing down here upon this earth? He's got to do it through people who understand the power. And that's why He wants us to know about the power and not to contradict the power of God. Look at this scripture right over here in chapter 22 of Matthew, verse 29. Jesus said unto them, You do err, ye do err, not knowing the scriptures... Okay, that's number one. Nor the what? See, it's not enough just to know the Scriptures, beloved. Did you know that? you got to know the power of God, too. So, in other words, another reason why we need to know about this is so that we prevent or protect ourselves from deception and being in error. A lot of people are in error because they deny the power thereof. People are in error in the body of Christ everywhere. People who don't believe in speaking with other tongues are denying the power thereof. People who believe that their healing is for they, they deny the power thereof. They're in error. And he told them that you're in error because you don't know the Scriptures and you don't know the power of God. He wants us to know the Scriptures. He wants us to know the power of God. Our faith should be in the power of God. The operation of that power. How to flow with that power. How to move with that power. How to enhance the power. How to allow the power to flow through us. Look at another scripture. In Luke chapter 24. Another reason why. We are responsible to learn about this power, to cooperate this power, to flow with this power is found right here. Jesus said to his disciples in the 49th verse of chapter 24 of Luke, And behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power. From on high. Now, I want you to stop there. You underline that word endued and power. 
Once again, it's the operational power of God. But notice this. He tells them, his disciples, I want you to do the power. The word endued there means this. To put on. It means to invest with clothing. To put on. To invest with clothing. This will help us understand more about the Holy Spirit. To put on. To invest with clothing. To sink into as a garment. And I need your attention. To sink into as a garment. Now I want you to listen to this carefully. Do you know why he told you to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness? To sink into as a garment. Because you see, the spirit of heaviness is an influence of evil. And when you put on the garment of praise, why do you think the anointing is manifested? The garment of praise is the anointing. And the anointing breaks the yoke of heaviness. The anointing breaks the yoke of heaviness. That's why we are to count it all joy when we fall into diverse temptations. Because when you begin to worship and praise as Paul and Silas did, in prison, bound up, whether it's heaviness, bondage, whatever the case may be, you, when you begin to voice your praise unto God, are endued or clothed, you put on the anointing of God's Spirit. You sink into it. And that anointing breaks the yoke of that heaviness or of that bondage. And that's why he said, wait. The initial outpouring of the Spirit. Go to Acts 1.8. Look at this again. Acts 1.8. See, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Acts 1.8. But ye shall receive power after that you're born again. It doesn't say that, does it? But ye shall receive power dunamis. The operational power of God. After that, the Holy Ghost has come where? To sink into. To put on. See, when she put that, that nightgown on, she put it on, just like over her head. It just, and it went down, all the way down to the ground. And he said, you shall receive power after that, the Holy Ghost has come on you. And beloved, the first manifestation of that we know is that they spoke with other tongues. So many are afraid of tongues that they miss out on, the, on this part of it right here. And they don't understand that you're not going to be clothed with power. You're not going to be clothed with that anointing, that operational power of God for service and for witness. The healing anointing, the ministering anointing, the delivering anointing, the, the recovering anointing. We'll see how Jesus used the, the anointing and, and channeled it in different ways. Until you have that endowment with power from on high. But you see, we've stopped at Pentecostalism right there. Once it came on us, not much understanding about how to channel it out. So we can't stop that. We have to understand it. So we've been commanded. Another reason why we have to do this, we've been commanded to be clothed with this power from on high. To sink into it. We've been commanded this. Beloved, every born again believer has been commanded to be endued with power from on high. And not to go out there on your own. And I'll be honest with you. If you're not, it's a sense of pride. You've been told to. I've been told to. I don't want to walk around talking in a funny language because I decided to do it. First time I heard about it, I'll be honest with you, I was hmm, skeptical. I told my brother he's from another planet. Oh, my brother was, no, oh, he was the one that had to deal with me. I thought he was in oh, there's another world because he told me he paid his tithes. He paid, I said, you give that much money to the church? Something, I, I told, asked my wife. She said something, I, I, there she is. I, I said, my brother's office rocker. I said, I thought he flipped out before, but now I know he did. Then he, then, you know, he's instrumental in leading me to the Lord and that sort of thing. And then he tells me about this tongues business. 
And I just looked at him. Well, if we go back and just replay our lives, I bet you we'd be so ashamed. Aren't you, aren't you thankful that all that's wiped out under the blood? Oh, glory. But you see here, what do you do with the anointing when it comes down on you? And I think we stop right there, Sean. It's here. Now, what do I do? How do I draw from it? How do I control it, use it, purpose it? What enhances it? What short circuits it? Notice the first thing that they did. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come on you, and you shall be what? You shall be what? Did you notice there in Acts 4 where we said our goal was that with great power they gave witness? With great power. See, one manifestation of that, one way of channeling that anointing and that power is to witness. But I don't want to preach on these tonight. I just want to give an introduction here. But do you know that the way you witness or testify to the power of God in your life will determine the degree of your anointing? Did you ever see a group, ministering group, come up to a platform like this here? You know, and they'll play a song and the song is anointed and everybody's blessed. God inhabits the praises of His people. But then you, didn't you often wonder why that the moment they began to talk, it seemed like, like a bird, the anointing went? Did you ever notice that? Uh, you just sit back. I want to sit back and cry sometimes. Right there in a pew. The worst part about it happening is they don't know why it's happening. The people, they don't even understand that they're doing it by their testimony. Can you imagine these great men of God going to people like these Jews, uh, the way they were led to go to Gentiles who were involved in all these arts and, and all, witchcraft and all that sort of stuff, and then the Jews who were deeply involved in Judaism? Can you imagine them going out there and saying, well, you know, and start giving this big, long, old sob story about how all this hurts and how that hurts, and, and you know, all of a sudden, and I was just at the point of death, and I've been suffering all this here for Jesus. And, and I'll tell you, it, can you imagine them trying to turn the world right side up for Jesus with testimonies like that? With great power gave they witness of the resurrection of Jesus. Well, what are we supposed to do? Ignore, yeah, ignore what the devil's doing. Don't magnify what the devil is doing. See, that's what happens, beloved. There's one way right there to quench the spirit and to decrease the anointing, if not have it totally lifted altogether, just like that. When people say. And that, that's whether you're out there testifying, if you're on the street, in your home, where you live, the way you talk, up here, if you're ministering. Then all of a sudden, they'll play another song, and all of a sudden, you know, and it comes back down. And then once again, they start talking. And when they start talking, like a bird, it just takes off, just like that. See? Now, we're not belittling people. We're just saying that we need to, this is constructive. We have to understand. We have to understand. I have to understand. You have to understand. We all have to understand. And once again, people are not dedicated, devoted to, to, to learning about this. It's too difficult. It's too hard to learn about the Spirit. It's not. Jesus said to do it. We're to, we're, we're to learn about the person of the Holy Ghost. We're to understand the manifestations of the Spirit. We are to know about the power of God, how to properly use it and channel it and purpose it. That's our responsibility and duty. Well, look at another scripture. Second King, I'll, I'll show that to you. Second Kings chapter... And verse 15, the one I quoted a little bit earlier, the prophet Elijah needed some, well actually he wanted some assistance from a minstrel because he knew that when, when music is played properly, that it enhances the anointing of God. Verse 15. Now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that... Now notice, the hand of the Lord. What's the hand of the Lord? The hand of the Lord is the anointing of God, the power of God, the glory of God. The hand of the Lord came upon him. Now I want you to see something here. Once the hand of the Lord came upon him, he didn't just continue on singing. 
And here's something we've not been taught to do. When the hand of the Lord comes upon, uh, upon you, it's time to shut everything else out. Focus in. Look on the inside of your spirit. That's where He's able to do exceeding abundantly things you know, for you, according to the power that's at work within you. When He comes upon you like that, here, Elisha began to prophesy. For the, verse 17, For thus saith the Lord. See, now, the power was there, but He channeled that power out through prophecy. And a word of wisdom. Here's another reason why. We want to create this habitation for God so that we can understand accurately how to look for the move of the Spirit in our own lives as a collective corporate body and also as an individual. What is He saying to you by His Spirit? Because when that anointing falls, beloved, it's for a particular reason. It's coming upon you not just to bless us, but there's instruction there. There's direction there. There's wisdom we can draw from. There's ability we can draw from. You may be oppressed when you come in. If you'll understand what to do when the anointing falls through worship. See, many don't understand. They just come and think we're just singing songs. But beloved, when you walk through those doors and you come up and you sit down, maybe you've been depressed and you have this heaviness upon you. Realize that this, the garment of praise by the anointing will do what? Break that yoke of bondage. It'll destroy the spirit of heaviness. It'll go. It'll be gone. And then through your faith, you keep the anointing flowing in your life. And whatever it was that caused the heaviness, when you walk out of the door, you realize it'll try to come back on you. But when you understand how to cooperate with that anointing that's, that's upon your life and it's already inside you, then you can keep it away from you by maintaining your praise, your garment of praise, clothed with the garment of praise, which is the anointing of God, and the hand of the Lord rest upon you. You think that Spirit's going to try to do something with the hand of the Lord upon you? And see, that's why here, we understand that, that when people are even in ministry, and that's why I just praise God for Elohim, how they have waited, and, and they've waited upon the Lord and have observed, and have desired to to move and flow with the Spirit of God and not, not to stand in a wrong office or try to be in another office or an office they don't belong in, but to wait to learn more before getting any further in, the thing, in, in, in moving in line with the, with the anointing of God's Spirit. Because you see, beloved, it takes time to learn. As a matter of fact, since we're that close, let's look back. Go to chapter 2 of Second Kings. And let's just say, here's how. How are we going to learn what we need to know? Here, here's the book. First of all, this book is going to help us and if everyone will read this book within our congregation, it'll help. It's not everything that's in here, but it'll help us all to be more aware of what we do when we're in a service. How do you testify when you're in a service? What words do you use? Do you magnify the devil more than you magnify God? Is the testimony really under edification, exhortation, and comfort? Is it enhancing the anointing of God's Spirit when you speak out? How am I used in prophecy? If I am using tongues or interpretation of tongues, what do I do when the anointing falls? Do I draw from the wisdom of God? Am I using my faith to receive it from that anointing? When Elohim stands in this office and they begin to minister under the anointing of God's Spirit, do I receive from that? Do I draw from that by my faith? Well, how does God work in our lives? How do It's by our cooperation. We say, I receive that. When I prophesied a little bit earlier, spoke out by utterance that, you know, that God gave me, it doesn't stop, it'll stop right there unless someone says, I know that's me, I receive it. Father, I receive that. I'll take a hold of that. I receive that into my spirit. Knowing that it's for you on the inside. And taking a hold of that. Cooperating with that. See, flowing with that. Many get so thrilled about something happened that was, super, that was supernatural. Do you know what they do? They say, well, oh, wasn't that nice? And take off. But you see, that's not why it was said. He prophesied not so that they can just say, oh, wasn't that nice? Well, we put a little song and the Holy Ghost came on and he said some things. Eh? Glory to God. He gave instruction, enlightenment, direction, motivation. Told him exactly what to do. Same thing happened in Second Chronicles. When the hand of the Lord came upon the prophet to prophesy, instruction came forth, direction came forth. They knew what to do because of it. See, cooperating with that flow and that anointing of the Spirit. Second, here's, here's how we're, we're going to do this. Now, how are we going to accurately learn how to flow with the Spirit of God? How are we going to accurately learn... How to interpret the move of God's Spirit. It's going to come through different ways. Number one, through study. Number two, through prayer. Number three, through praise. Number four, through association. 
association, environment, influence, study, through prayer, through praise, association, environment, and influence. Observation you could put there. See, there are different anointings upon different ministries. And we have to observe. We have to associate ourselves. We have to create an environment. Be in an environment where the Spirit of God is moving and learn. We can look through the, through the Bible. And we need to see how God moved by His Spirit upon the prophets. And how He manifested, uh, the Spirit of God manifested certain gifts of the Spirit through different prophets. And if you'll do that through study, through prayer, op- through praise, observation, influence, association. Then that same anointing, you see, will begin to flow in your life. As a matter of fact, chapter 2, you'll find out here that, that Elisha followed Elisha everywhere he went. The mantle was thrown upon him. But even though it was thrown upon him 20 years prior to when this happened, he still followed him closely. Close association. He watched him carefully. He observed how the Spirit of God used Elijah the prophet. He watched him in ministry. He studied. He was an understudy of Elijah. He watched the things that he did through observation. I'm sure through prayer before God and praise of God. All these things working together enabled Elisha. Look at this over here in verse 9. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elisha said unto Elisha. Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Notice, upon me. Upon me. The same, the anointing. But only in a double measure. A double portion of the anointing. I see the... Notice, I don't want you, Elijah. I don't want you. I want the anointing. I want a double of what's on you. A double portion of that anointing. I want it upon me. He knew the value of that anointing. And if he was going to stand in any office, he had the desire to have that which would put him over. The anointing. It's not my ability. It's not my strength. It's not my talents. But it's the anointing in my life increased in greater measure. And he says, I want that anointing upon me. A double portion of it. He said, notice verse 10. You've asked a hard thing. Why is it hard? It's hard, beloved, because it puts more responsibility on us. More responsibility on our own individual lives to be more involved in the supernatural and spiritual things. But beloved, that's why we're here. As a corporate body, yes. Why do you think many don't want to go this far in the things of God? Because the responsibility. The responsibility. We don't have the luxury of being selfish and self-centered and self-willed and getting the things I want done. We want things to go this way or that. Beloved, let's throw all that stuff out the window tonight. Let's throw all programming out the window tonight. All that. Anything else. The way I want things to be done, the way anybody else. Let's start saying, Father, we want things to be done the way you want things to be done. We want to create a place for you to come in, for you to inhabit. We don't want Ichabod written up above the, the, the doorpost of our church. We want a manifestation of your glory and of your power. He's going to haul it down from heaven and say, you've asked a hard thing. We say, we know it, but we're responsible for it, Father God. We'll be responsible for it, Father God. We'll take this anointing. We'll take this power. We'll deliver the captives and set them free. Let me show you something here. Acts 10.30. Real quick, because we got to do this in Acts ten thirty eight. Once again, this is just an intro. Then we're going to start talking about these things on Wednesday nights and and enhancing the move of the Spirit through our worship, through our praise, through our study, through observation, through personal application. Getting people involved, you getting involved out there in praying in the Holy Ghost. When we when we say let's pray in the Holy Ghost, beloved, if you're not spirit filled, first of all, you need to be to have the hand of the Lord to be upon you in the measure that He wants it to be. Then you have to enhance that by staying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, enhancing the anointing of God upon your life. And when we say let's pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Ghost. Don't be ashamed. Don't hold back to pray out. Acts ten thirty eight. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with, now notice again, the connection, with the Holy Ghost and with power. Now, now hold on. Everybody say, who went? You talk about interpreting the flow. Why is the power, why is the Holy Ghost and power there? Who went? 
about doing good. You see what that anointing is for? For every man, the prophet with all. Who went about, he flowed with that power. With the Spirit of God. With the goodness of God. Doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. The anointing of God is God himself. The manifestation of the anointing, the glory, the power of God is God. Remember Jesus said, I don't do the works of my Father and me. He doeth the works. But how did the Father do them through him? Through the anointing that was upon his life. And if you desire to have a stronger anointing like Elisha did, you will follow closely. Remember one time I think people got offended or upset when I said, remember, I said, you've got to follow someone like a, if you're going to be a follower of those who through faith and patience and have the promise, be a follower of someone who makes it. And when I said, you know, what you need to do, and I pray you understand it tonight when I say this. I know who I need to study under. It, there were many, there were others back then that he, Elijah could have picked to be an understudy of. But he didn't. He said, I'm going to follow Elijah. And I said one time before, you need to find out who God wants you to be an understudy of. And that's why many times you'll hear me talk about Kenneth Hagin Ministries because I know that I'm to be a close follower. I know that. And that same anointing that's resting upon him can be transmitted, transferred, and some of the anointings can, be, can flow off into those who are understudies of the one he calls and places in that other office. You see, that power is, is transferred. And that's how you receive of that same spirit. You receive of that anointing. I didn't mean to set aside everybody and everybody. All I said was you better find out who you're going to spend a lot of time with. Now, the closest one you should follow is Jesus. First and foremost, closely. These others here, you'll be led by your spirit if you want that same anointing upon you. So you need to be careful. Because if you're, not too, if you're not careful enough, you know what you do, you make the same mistakes that others make. It takes wisdom in doing this. But, beloved, I, that's why I said before, you need to get a hold of... If you want that same power and anointing in someone else's life, then you need to get a hold of their books, their material, so closely read, associate yourself, let that be your environment of study. You see that? Influence in your life. The words that come off the pages will influence you. The same spirit will also influence you. You'll associate yourself with that ministry. It'll influence you. And the same thing that, that's represented in their life and ministry will also come upon you. And so that's why we have to be careful as to who we're studying under. That doesn't mean you belittle under other ministries. But beloved, I want to go all the way with God and you better seek and find out those who desire the same thing. Otherwise, you're going to fall short with the others. Well, that's another story. Let's, let's look at this. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power. How did He channel it? By doing good. By doing good. Now let me show you something here. See, this is just an introduction. Now go on back to Luke 4 real quick with me. He wants us endued with the Holy Ghost and power so we can go about doing good. Did you know that? And delivering all that are oppressed of the devil. But I want you to see something here again. Luke chapter 4 and verse 14 says, This is when Jesus was anointed. Now, He was already the Word of God. We know that. But now He's anointed with the Holy Ghost. See, we want the anointing, but we have to understand how to channel it. Notice verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power, in the dunamis of the Spirit. Now, notice how He channeled it. There went a fame, out of fame of Him throughout all the region about, and He taught. The anointing that was upon Him then was manifested in teaching. But that's not all. Notice verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is where? Where? To sink into it like a garment. To sink into it, see, it's upon you. Once my wife gets on that, that nightgown, that real warm, she, then she seeks under a blanket, see. All the way up. Then she's totally clothed. With the blanket. And that's what he's saying. He wants us clothed from on high. Not only individuals, but beloved, every single one of us, if we walk through those doors with the right attitude, with the right frame of mind, if we walk in through those doors knowing what's happening with the musicians up here, with the praises up here, knowing that we want to enhance the anointing of God's Spirit, we're not satisfied with programs that man could devise and make up. People are coming in who are sick, who are afflicted, who are tormented in their minds. Marriages are falling apart. 
And the only help that they that they really need is the help of, of the Almighty God. We want to provide, make available for them the enhancement of God's anointing and spirit and power so that lives can be touched, spirits can be changed by the power of God, minds can be restored, bodies can be healed and delivered and set free, and everything that people need will be available to them right here because of that anointing that will break the yoke of bondage. But here it says in verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me. The anointing that rests upon me is now in the area of preaching. It's manifested in preaching. Notice who is teaching. Now it's preaching. He has sent me to heal. Now it's healing. The brokenhearted. Now notice this. To preach again. But what? Deliverance. Now it's for deliverance. To the captives. Now notice it's for recovering. The anointing will help you to recover. There's recovering by that anointing. Recovering of sight to the blind. Now notice, there's a setting at liberty, or there's a liberating power of the anointing to liberate people that are bruised, and again, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. If this is how the anointing is used, then we have to realize that we gather, every time we gather together and we enhance that move of God's Spirit, that anointing of God's power, then people who are here can expect that anointing to do these things, to teach me. If you want... If you sit out there right now and said, I'm not going to learn. You know what you just did? You stopped the flow of God's Spirit. That's short-circuited the power of God. You could walk around and say, well, I'm not going to learn anything off of Him. And if you had that attitude, do you know what you did? You short-circuited the power of God. Not only will you not learn from me, you not learn from the Holy Ghost who's in me to get something over to you. You short-circuit that. If you don't understand how to enter into worship and praise with, with the musicians and the praises that are up here, you will stop. You know, I've often wondered, people just didn't, didn't, didn't even know that they was near heaven. I mean, we've walked out, I just, I, I just one, one day last week, whenever it was, last, Wednesday night service, my goodness, was like, we was in, or Sunday night, we're in glory. Sunday night, we're just in glory. Just walk, I seem like you walked up, just walked in the cloud when you walked out here. And others just didn't, didn't even know God was around. Now, how can that be, you say? How could someone not understand or know that? You know how? Very simple. Short-circuit the power of God. Have no consciousness of what's happening. That short-circuits the anointing. That stops the anointing. See, we need to be taught all these things. Now, let's, let's close with this one scripture over here in Colossians chapter 3. How are we going to do this? Associate ourselves with those who are spirit-filled and operating in the power of God. Do you think Elisha picked somebody who was non-spiritual? Huh? You think he wanted to pick one of the 400 prophets of Baal? No, no. He picked someone who he knew was spiritual. And he began to associate with him. Stayed in the environment of his company, of his person. Began to draw from his influence. See, people don't understand that. When you read Kenneth Hagin's books, brothers and sisters, you, know, you see some people understand this. Don't just read it and say, I read it. Notice that he said in one book, I believe it was either Love Never Fails or How to Walk in Love. He said, people often ask me how... I stay so free from sickness and disease. Now I can say that in over 50 years I've never had a headache. And at any time sickness and disease try to come on my body, never realize, people never realize that he said, here's the, here's the clue, here's the secret. You know, you can get something from that anointing right there. If you do this, if you do the same thing he did. He said, I chose and choose to walk in love. And at every opportunity when I could have walked out of love, I chose to walk in love. I took the abuse of people. I took the abuse of pastors and fellow ministers. I let it just run off me like water off of a duck's back. And although my body, my flesh wanted to lash out, I didn't do it. I just stood, stood back, took it all in, because I knew that if I stayed in love, the anointing would be stronger, the healing power of God would be greater, and I could stay healthier, I'd be better off. I don't hold grudges against people. I'm quick to forgive. See, people aren't listening. Listen to what he's saying. And if you'll do the same thing, do you see that? Observation, association, environment. I've watched him as he ministered just in the school. How he ministered by the, uh, by the Spirit. And how the Spirit of God came upon him. You can get it through listening to tapes. 
But many just try to listen and say, well, that was a good message. Wrong. It wasn't meant to be a good message. Some things that were said that you need to understand. And here's one right here. Clause. Look at this scripture right here. Verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. How are we going to learn about the anointing? Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms. Praisers, especially in particular, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, they should be singing to themselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Because when they do that, they enhance the anointing. How do you know? Because the Bible says, be being filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in what? Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That's how to enhance the anointing in your life. Thank you for listening to our Legacy Teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.